Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me for this episode of Scares and Dares is my co-host, Joanne Kong. Hi, everyone. <laughs> All right. So we don't want to waste any time this week because, of course, as you know, we're cutting in into the first week 18 of the NFL ever. So we're going to give you our favorite prop bet picks of the first ever week 18 ever, which is pretty darn exciting. And as usual in Scares and Dares, we'll tell you our favorite weekly scare and the dares, or I should say the prop bets that we dare to make in week 18. So without further ado, uh, I think it's about time we get this thing rolling. Let's go. All right, for this week's scare, we're going to be talking about the Curse of Buckout Road, which is a 2017 um, horror mystery thriller. It clocks in at about an hour and 35 minutes, and you might not have heard it before because it was a little bit on the more indie side of the uh, of the in terms of horror movies are concerned, uh, but it is available for streaming on Amazon Prime. So let me go ahead and prime you with the plot behind The Curse of Buckout Road. And this will be spoiler-free for the most part. And uh, we'll give you our thoughts on what we liked and disliked about the movie. So in this particular movie, this is, it's kind of interesting. But overall, it, it kind of we're talking about this pre-show, and it kind of felt like it was a Scooby-Doo episode. So think about what it was like. If you like Scooby-Doo, you're probably going to like uh, kind of what happens here. But anyway, so uh, Aaron Powell, who was played by Evan Ross, returns home from a naval postgraduate school to see his psychiatrist grandfather, Lawrence Powell, played by Danny Glover. No, not the guy from Community or the guy who raps, but Danny Glover, the original Danny Glover, uh, known as Murtaugh from Lethal Weapon. You're a big fan of Danny Glover, right, Joanne? I am a big fan of Danny Glover. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody loves Murtaugh. Come on. He's too old for this shit. He's always too old for this shit. He was definitely too old for this shit, that's for sure. But anyway... Um, I often forget his name and call him Murtaugh. <laughs> that's right. It's true. That's right. Just, I call him Danny Glover. He's called him Murtaugh. There's going to be no confusion there. Um, so Dr. Powell uh, is and his colleague, police detective Roy Harris, who is played by Henry Zerny, um, who I remember as Conrad Grayson from the TV show Revenge, but actually has much better acting credits to his name. Uh, the two of them are investigating a recent suicide of a college professor by the name of Stephanie Hancock, who suffers nightmares involving the infamous urban legend of Buckout Road, or infamous urban legends of Buckout Road, and has these sudden instances of sleepwalking leading up to her untimely demise. Now, while you think they think that this is some sort of mental instability and there might be some issues there and they're trying to figure it all out, now, Miss Hancock's student, Cleo Harris, played by Dominique Provost-Chockley, who is best known in her role as Winona Earp in the show of the same name, starts to show the same symptoms. That is, sleepwalking with really strange dreams. And she, uh, and she started experiencing these when she started working on an uh, academic assignment, looking into urban myths, uh, in particular Buckout Road, with the twins, Derek and Eric, played by Jim Watson and Kyle Mack. And the twins are um, actually like the 
uh, almost comic relief <laughs> for the for this uh, movie. But uh, they end up being pretty entertaining for the most part. Um, so Cleo, Aaron, Derek, and Eric form sort of the Scooby-Doo gang. That's the aforementioned Scooby-Doo reference from before. Or if you're much older than that, Nancy Drew Hardy Boys group. Um, because they're essentially the same. And they look into the origins of Buckout Road and its myth, this urban myth here. And they realize they have to solve the mystery of how to stop this evil that's coming out of Buckout Road before it gets them first. Okay, so that's the kind of setup there, the spoiler-free setup. And then, of course, craziness ensues and a lot of things that are left open for interpretation. So, Joanne, what did you think about this movie? I liked it. I, of course, love that Murtaugh was in it. Mm-hmm. It was uh, uh, really good. I won't give anything away. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> about his character. Right, right um, of course. But I also like the uh, younger characters in it as well. And just, I think, the the story of it was, I, I think it was fun. And, you know, you could look deeper into it, but at the same time, it is it could be what it is. It's really hard to talk about it without giving anything away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's so many spoiler alerts there by uh, by talking about it. And of course, my my one mini spoiler alert is Danny Glover, not the main character. Just in case you're wondering, <laughs> he's not not the main character here. Okay, so just FYI, in case you go in there hoping to see a whole lot of Murtaugh. Anyway, I probably said too much already. The ending, of course, is open for um, debate. There's a lot of open for interpretation. Uh, there's some interesting takes on that all over the internet as to what happens uh, near the end of the movie. I think um, my impression of this is that it was relatively straightforward um, urban myth, urban legend type of movie. Um, it obviously was budget constrained in many places. Um, but at the end of the day, I thought it was a uh, solid view, something that was worth watching. Uh, and of course, at a thrifty one hour and 35 minutes, it didn't overstay its welcome. So I felt like that was a huge plus in terms of uh, setting up this particular type of story because it could have gone way too long, I think. Um, and as we know, Scrooge yeah, episodes you- only 30 minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have to agree with you. I think, like, on budget-wise, like, they did a really good job. I, I mm-hmm. think, like, you don't even realize probably, like, how small their budget probably was when you see the movie. Because I thought, like, all the actors did a, a did a really good job. Yeah. So yeah. it and, made, yeah. I think, the movie more enjoyable. Absolutely. And not only did the actors do a good job, but, you know, they – these were, I mean, it was actually relatively big names. I don't want to say they're huge names, but like I said, both Danny Glover, uh, Danny Glover obviously is, is one of them. And then you have uh, lots of other actors there like, um, you know, like, um, like Evan Ross has had some, some background here. Dominique Provost Chocolate has some background in, 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 uh, in TV. And, um, you know, there's a lot of good actors there that are involved with this. So, you know, keep in mind that, this is this wasn't a small feat to get these actors there. They definitely were budget constrained in terms of the special effects, but you know that that is what it is, and they did a good job of what they had. So honestly, I but uh, I, think I enjoyed they did it a as good well. job. Like the yeah. imagery that they used without the special effects, I think really worked in their favor. Yep, yep, yep. they definitely did. Uh, I definitely did, and they actually was a kind of an amalgamation of several different myths that they tried to connect together. So I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, and interestingly, we found this movie because Michelle uh, Milet was in it. 
who is from Letterkenny, the TV show, uh, <laughs> the comedy show from uh, Canada. And we said, oh, my gosh, she's in this movie. We've got to watch it. Uh, turns out she's not in the movie for long. So, <laughs> again, also, Michelle Myers. Also not a main character. <laughs> also not a main character. Also not a main character. Right, exactly. No no, hopefully no spoiler alert there. All right, so uh, looking at Rotten Tomatoes, this movie actually did relatively well with the critics, uh, pulling in 63% on the tomato meter, although only eight reviews. No audience score yet, um, but, you know, worth watching on Amazon Prime. How many stars would you give this, Joanne? I would give this three stars. Three stars? Oh, wow. That's actually yeah. higher than your usual score. I actually would give it two and a half stars. I feel like they could have done more with it. Uh, the plot was, uh, you know, relatively well done. I think the acting was strong and that kind of kept it out. And of course, as we talked about previously, the curse of Buckout Road really does sound like a Scooby-Doo episode. So they might've been yeah. found another way to be more creative about that title. Uh, I'm sorry. Anything, the curse of anything typically just doesn't sound high end to me. I'm sorry. That's just my general appreciation. Oh, that's harsh. But yeah. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's the way I feel. But anyway, so the curse of Buckout Road, go check it out. Amazon Prime streaming. Uh, it was a fun one. I think it's worth your worth your one hour and 35 minutes. All right, let's go ahead and turn now to our um, prop bets of the week. So let me go ahead and hit the boxing bell and make it official. All right, so Joanne, why don't you start with your first prop bet of the week? Uh, my prop, first prop bet is Jones, uh, the mm-hmm. quarterback for the New England Patriots. It's over or under... 212.5 passing yards and I'm going to pick the under on 212.5 passing yards wow the under okay yeah so yeah let me let's let me tell you why um it's really a complicated uh thought-provoking you know explanation of why it's under and not over because you know, as you know, when the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots met up in week one, uh, Mac Jones threw for 281 passing yards, which is over yeah. 212 and a half. But there's a lot of things happening right now um, as we enter into the last week of the season. And I think that because the Patriots are – at a 10 and 6 record tied with the Bills for the AFC East mm-hmm. but currently second in the division and because now Bill Belichick is not looking is now looking towards the postseason he's not looking to get to the postseason now he's looking to get to the Super Bowl so what is the best way for his for him it is all strategy so mm-hmm. i'm thinking so i'm thinking maybe maybe i, I don't you know, quote me on this. Well, maybe he they might intentionally lose the game. Interesting. Because if they lose to the Miami Dolphins, they maximize their chances of not facing the Bills in the first round of the postseason. Interesting. So that might because mm-hmm. if they could, they might not be able to beat the Bills, but they might be able to beat another team. Right. And by intentionally losing, you might mean that resting some of their key players. In order to keep them fresh for the playoffs. Right. I mean, you know, I'm not unquote. saying that they are like, you know, that Matt Jones, oops, fumbles the ball and gives it to like the <laughs> right, Miami sure. defense or, right, right. you know, like, you, you, uh, you know, or 
you know, Damien Harris, you know, finds that his shoe's untied, so he's, like, sitting there tying it, you know, while Mac Jones wants to hand it off to him, and right. oops, there it goes. I mean, Although that'd be very no, I mean, but, I mean, Bill Belichick is, you know, a little smarter, and he's looking now into the future, and there's a good possibility that, you know, Mac Jones might not throw as much, you know, they yeah. they don't want him to get injured. Yeah. Uh, you see the defense coming in hot, you know, one good hit, you don't you don't know what's going to happen. They right. might use the run game more because the Miami Dolphins has a weaker run defense than they do a, a, a stronger run defense than they do a pass defense. But sure. you might not see Damian Harris because he's a big contributor for the team. So maybe you see some of his backups or the fullback, mm-hmm. you know, taking sure. some balls. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yep. And, uh, all right. And I'm not – and I'm not saying that they are going to lose, but, you know, I'm thinking maybe he doesn't hit that 212 and a, and, and a half. Yeah, right, exactly. Perhaps they, they rest him. Perhaps he hands the ball off more in order to avoid injury. And who knows what happens at the end of the day. If they lose in the process, that's actually maybe better for them in, in the long run. Um, so, yeah, I get it. So interesting. Taking the under on Mac Jones. I like it. All right, so my first prop bet of the week is – Ben Roethlisberger against Baltimore, and the prop bet is set at 233.5 total passing yards. So 233.5 total passing yards. I'm taking the over on 233.5 total passing yards for Ben Roethlisberger this weekend. And let me tell you why. Now, if you haven't been paying attention to current events, this is the last regular season game that Ben will play for the Pittsburgh Steelers and potentially the final game of his career. Now, he got really emotional last week in his final game, his final home game with the Steelers. Uh, You can bet he'll be looking to go out strong here in this final game of the regular season. On top of that, even in a down year for Big Ben, he's still averaging 233.1 passing yards per game. And he gets to face the Baltimore Ravens defense, which allows the most passing yards per game. That's 281.7. I'll repeat that because that's a lot. 281.7 Passing yards per game. That is the most of any team in the NFL this season. That is the perfect setup for Big Ben to go out on top. And I know he's no longer what he used to be uh, in his younger years, but in 26 career games against the Ravens, he's averaged 246 passing yards per game. Again, more than 233.5. So 246 yards per game, more than 233.5, 281.7 yards allowed, That's more than 233.5, and he's averaging 233.1. That's almost exactly that amount anyway. It's his last game of the regular season ever for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's maybe his last game of his career. He's going to want to make a statement. I say he goes over 233.5 total passing yards this weekend. All right, give us your – actually, any thoughts on that before we go to your second prop bet? You know, I I think like – before I saw last week's game, I would have been like, no way. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> against uh, Baltimore, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, he's lost. He, he Even he can admit that he's lost a step yeah. or two. And, yeah, or you know, three. if you listen to the commentator, commentators um, in last week's game, you know, they were even saying, like, you know, He's not a spring chicken anymore. Of course. So, not. like, I would have, I would have said, like, yeah, I would be hard pressed for Ben to reach those numbers. But like, I think after seeing 
how emotional he was, like him play last week, I think he can definitely do it. Mm-hmm. Yep, particularly against Baltimore. Perfect setup in my mind. Okay, yeah. so let's uh, – and, of course, playoffs still in play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's not just going out on top. It's the possibility of getting one more game with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, Definitely. Keep in mind, I mean, they're, 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 they're obviously on the outside looking in, but they have an 8-7-1 and one record. They got two 9-7 teams ahead of them. If they both falter and, you know, the Steelers manage to win, they have a shot of sneaking into that last wild card spot. So I think there is some motivation there for uh, Big Ben on top of just going out on top. All right, so let's go ahead and go to your second prop bet pick of the week. So um, in line with uh, Mac Jones, I am going with Tua Tangavaloa. It is over under 224.5 passing yards. And I am going to go with the under for 224.5 passing yards. Interesting. Okay. And why is that? Um, so, you know, in this, like the Dolphins are out of the postseason. I mean, even if they win this game, you know, all it is is really for pride since they're, you know, they're division rivals. But last week's showing against the, you know, Tennessee Titans, a loss of 34 to 3, that's humiliating. Yeah. And I think the Dolphins, you know, want to end the season on a high note. They want a W to end it. They know they're not going in the postseason. They want to end it here. They want to start fresh next season. So, you know, what better way to motivate your, you know, yourself into that next season is by ending it with a win and winning it against, you know, your division rivals, the Patriots. Right. So I think while the Patriots – might have a reason, you know, not to play so hard. The the Miami Dolphins do have a reason to play a little harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because of that, you know, I think that, you know, the Dolphins are, the Dolphins would try a little harder. But with that said, with that said, I am going to pick the under because I do not think that even if they win, Tua will go over 224.5 passing yards yep. because okay. he has only thrown for over 224.5 passing yards for six games this season. And that mm-hmm. was against teams like the Giants, the Panthers, the Jets, the yeah. Jaguars. I mean, Ugh. you're talking about like bottom tier defenders where the, the Patriots have for next year. Right. With a, <laughs> Yes, yeah, again, yeah, and the Patriots have like an awesome like top passing defense. Yeah. So you know maybe they run it in, or whatever they do, but like no, Tua is not going to get over two hundred and twenty-four point five passing yards. All right, I I kind of agree with that Patriots uh, fourth least passing yards allowed this season one ninety-two point four. So I like the way you think on that one, and I like you don't never thought that Tua was actually an NFL well, at least a full-time starting NFL caliber uh, quarterback anyway. So I, I don't think it's a hard pill for me to swallow that he won't hit those numbers. So let me move on to my second pick of the week, and that is Jonathan Taylor, who is still is now sitting in a running back of the Indianapolis Colts, playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the prop bet this week is over under 113.5 total rushing yards. 
113.5 total rushing yards. And I am taking the under on 113.5 total rushing yards, and I'll tell you why. So the Colts need to win this one to get into the playoffs, okay? They really do need to win this one. But as I mentioned, they are facing the awful Jacksonville Jaguars. So honestly, this should be a piece of cake. And you might be saying, well, the Jaguars' run defense is pathetic. Surely the league's likely MVP can put up over 113 rushing yards on them. My response is, sure, in a regular perhaps. But keep in mind, the entirety of the Jaguars' defense is pathetic, not just the run defense. And the Colts don't need Taylor to beat them. In fact, they really need Taylor to be healthy for the playoff run as the Colts um, basically go as Taylor goes. So if, if, the Colt, if Taylor goes over 100 yards, the Colts win. If Taylor goes under 100 yards, the Colts lose. But in this instance, they don't need 100 yards from Jonathan Taylor in order to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I think the Colts take care of business with the help of their other running backs against the lowly Jags. Maybe we see a little more Naheem Hines, maybe some Marlon Mack, maybe some Deion Jones, Jackson uh, this week to keep Taylor fresh. And we'll see that you know Taylor will probably get his but he's not going to get a full complement of snaps, in my opinion. And Jaguars, you know, are really, really bad, of course. But, you know, think about this. Even though they're really bad, they're also not as bad as you think when it comes to the run game. They allow 127.1 rush yards per game. I don't think they're going to allow all that to Taylor because I don't think Taylor's going to get all the snaps. And 130.5 total rush yards, that's a lot. That is a lot of rush yards. Even in this career-setting year, Taylor is averaging just 108.4 rush yards per game. I know I say just in air quotes, but 108.4, guess what? That's less than 113.5. So Taylor, like I said, will undoubtedly have a, a solid game anyway. But you take away 20% of his touches to keep him fresh, and I think he ends up under 113.5 rushing yards. Any thoughts on that one? I'd have to agree with you. Um, you know, like I said before, going into any team going into the postseason, they're all looking, you know, straight ahead to that Super Bowl game. And, you know, Taylor, like you said, against the Jaguars, you don't need him. You know, yeah. I can play in a running back <laughs> and probably do a good job. So wow, I think they're backups. Could I think their backups could really handle it? <laughs> could handle it without them. <laughs> wow. That, and, and well, yes, I think the backups can handle handle it without them. Um, so that is that. But let's before we go, let's talk about our picks from last week because Joanne, you had Jonathan Taylor under 108.5 total rush yards and Tyreek Hill under 83.5 total receiving yards, and you hit both of those. Congratulations to you. And I had Thank Matthew you. Stafford over 2.5 total passing touchdowns and interceptions, and Devonta Adams, over 75.5 total receiving yards, and they both hit both of those as well, so congratulations to me. So that puts you yeah, um, at a really excellent. good spot. Yeah, great. That, that was really, really well done. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So that puts you at a, uh, I mean, if we count just the ones that we've been doing on the scares and dares, uh, that puts you at, I believe, uh, seven and three right now so that's pretty good pretty good if your picks i'm a little bit behind you at six and four so that very nicely done uh keeping it going there that means four in a row that you are four for four now over the last two weeks so let's see if you can bring it on down home Eek. at week 18 and get make it six or yeah. six we'll see <laughs> let's cross our fingers because uh, the rationale changes a little you know when you get to week 18 
Yes, it does. It definitely does because of all the playoff scenarios and, of course, the eliminated teams. So we will see. And that brings us to the end of our show. Let's hit the air horn on the show. Always goes so quickly. Joanne, why don't you give us your uh, social media so people can follow you? It's uh, Kung Fu for you on Twitter. All right, and you should all follow her for her commentary and make sure to put in your prop bet picks. And, of course, go to thrivefantasy.com and put in your bets there and use garbage time, that's promo code garbage time, and get up to a $100 deposit match, instant deposit match, uh, with that promo code. Again, use garbage time as their promo code at Thrive Fantasy. Get that up to a $100 deposit match. Okay, so... You can follow me on uh, at FB Garbage Time on Twitter. And, of course, thank you all for coming out and listening to us and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your scares, make those dares, win those bets, and enjoy your NFL week. Good luck. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.